Welcome to season four of the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This season is dedicated entirely to the divorced Christian. If this is you, then keep listening to hear more of my own story and the stories of others as we give you hope and comfort for healing, true healing, which is found only at the foot of the cross. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Corey Sullivan. She's going to share with us story of her divorce and how she was able to come to understand how God sees the divorcee. Actually, my brokenness started with my um, dad's second wife. She was very narcissistic and very controlling and made really pretty miserable for the most part. And so when I found somebody who said that they loved me and I felt like I would be safe and secure and taken care of. And I just wanted stability in my life. And uh, so when I found somebody that I thought that's what I would be having and they asked me to marry him, I, I did. Yeah. So we ended, we, you know, my first marriage, I was very young. I was um, actually 19, fresh, you know, out of high school and working and, you know, out of the house by then, but working and so I I was really broken and so was my husband because here's the thing I've learned that two broken people coming together do not make a whole person yes it makes two more broken people together trying to make things work out of their brokenness which you know a lot of times ends up either in divorce or very unhappy relationships exactly yeah I 100% 100% agree with that. That's yeah. was part of my own problem with my previous marriage. Um, cause I am remarried again to a wonderful, like God has allowed me to see what a relationship is supposed to be in God. And I, I am so thankful for that for myself. And I have a daughter from the first marriage. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm so thankful that she gets to see what that's supposed to look like instead Amen. of, yeah. Instead of what it was. Right. And that's, that's so important because that, you know, when I was growing up, my mom had some issues. And so from the time I was eight until I moved out of the house, I pretty much was in charge of my dad and my brothers, you know, cooking and cleaning and laundry and all of those things. Those were my things to do. So again, so that just created a lot of uh, brokenness and codependency, quite frankly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so then um, I married a man and, you know, he was, he was a nice guy, but he had a lot of brokenness and he had no idea and he would, hadn't been mentored very well either. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, you know, he didn't really know how to um, be that husband, you know, that, provided you know the assurance and the love and the you know all of the things that we look for you know we were stable financially but we you know we didn't have a lot of the same interests we didn't do you know we just in fact my girls both say I don't know how you two ended up together (laughs) (laughs) but you did and so but after 10 years we were divorced and I took those wounds from that marriage and from before into a rebound marriage. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, and that was another mess. But here's the thing that held me back probably more than anything for more than two decades. Yeah. And it was that someone, someone very close to me said, well, you're divorced now. So God's not going to be able to use you. You just as well live your life the best that you can. Yeah. So that, um, and be the nicest you can be, but just know that God's not going to use you. Wow. And the hurtful things that Christians say to us are like to each other in general, yeah. because yeah, there, there's nothing in the Bible that says that nothing at all. This man had gone to seminary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so sad. It was very sad. And I, I believed that lie for over two decades, as I said, and as a result of it, I made um, some very poor choices in relationships and, you know, I just didn't feel like I could ever measure up, yeah. you know, so yeah. it was really pretty sad situation. You know, I did take my girls to church and I did, you know, get them involved in Sunday school when they were young and things like that. But, um, you know, my value was so far, so far down. Like I had no self-worth with Father God, you know, yeah. is really how I felt. So, um, and after going through that for a little over two decades and being stuck in that and making poor decisions of marriage and getting another divorce and everything, um, I actually married somebody that I thought was going to be my husband forever. Yeah. And I thought we had a lot of the same goals and things. We weren't on the same page faith-wise. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he believed in the Lord, um, said that he had accepted him as his savior, but really had no relationship. And you know what? I didn't learn about a relationship when I was growing up either. Right. And I certainly didn't feel like I had one after this person said, well, God's never going to use you, you know, and here's the things that I have learned that have set me in a whole different path and have brought joy to my life and peace and all of that. And that is that God does hate divorce, he does. but he doesn't hate the divorcee. That's right. You know, he, he sees every single tear we cry. He sees all the pain, all the wounds. He sees the mean words back and forth. He, he knows the feelings of feeling, um, not wanted and rejected and unworthy and having no value. He sees all of that. And he wants to turn that all around for good. Jeremiah 29 11 became my mantra mm -hmm. and um, still is today. Yeah. You know, I started my healing journey probably about mm, 18 years ago now. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've already, it's been about nine years for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and it's, it's been so amazing. My daughters are adults now and um, I have six grandkids and three great grandkids. So it's been yeah. a while, it's been a minute. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing that I have learned is that if we bring it all to the Lord, he restores he heals yeah. and he renews us yes amen to that 
Yeah. Yeah. So the word divorce in the Greek language means a tearing apart. And that's really what happens when we go through divorce. We, our hearts are torn, torn apart. Our families are torn apart. Our um, dreams, our hopes for the future are torn apart. And it's not just us, but it's a ripple effect through, through our families, through our friend circles, and certainly with our children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in fact, I am actually putting together a co-parenting program. Right. That, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I am a, I am a best-selling author of a book called Destiny After Divorce. And that was um, something that the Lord brought to me just mm, probably, let's see, probably six or seven years after starting my healing journey. Yeah. And my healing journey started with a deep inner healing session that um, really brought freedom to me. And I was able to leave so much with Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that wasn't mine to carry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tell me about that healing session then. Um, well, it, it is called Sozo. And um, Sozo is the Greek word for saved, healed, and delivered in the New Testament. I've it's never heard that. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, so when Jesus healed the uh, blind man, you know, with the clay and had spit in the clay and put it on his eyes, he sozoed the blind man. Yeah. Okay. That's how they would say it in the Greek. And, um, you know, when he healed the, uh, when he healed Legion at the edge of the lake and chased out all of the, um, all of the demons, he sozoed Legion, you know, and he sent the, the demons into the pigs and then the pigs went and drowned themselves. Right. Yeah. Remember that story? So he is, so saved, healed, and delivered is really what um, Sozo is really and truly about. And it's really a divine appointment with Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to get to the root of things. Because, you know, if you have wounds in your heart, you know, just like this is your heart. This is like the palm of my hand is your heart. And in there, you've got rejection and anger and hurt and um, feeling of low self-esteem or self-worth or uh, maybe some addiction, maybe, um, you know, just sadness and shame and guilt and all the things that come with divorce and sometimes even comes into our lives prior to that. Then um, when you try to plant seeds of healthy things, in your heart and out of the heart flows the things of life right yes yes so if you take and try to put healthy seeds in there it's just like a, a garden if you put a bunch of good seeds out there the weeds are going to choke them out yeah so we need to pull them out at the root level um i had spent several years going to various different counselors and nothing wrong with counseling because I do have my um, certificate in pastoral counseling, mm -hmm. but this Sozo, the deep inner healing was so much better. And yeah. it went true 
right through to the root. And that's where things needed to start healing. That's great. That's fantastic. I've, yeah, I've never heard of the so-so healing. Yeah. So oh. I'm sorry, what? That's beautiful. <clears throat> so, um, and you know, it took me a couple of sessions to get through everything because there was so much by this time in my life that, um, and once I was through all the healing, there were four doors that the enemy does um, use to access us and cause havoc in our lives. And that is fear, hatred, sexual sin, and the occult. Yes. And those doors all need to be closed in order for you to be able to function in the spirit and with Jesus and have a right relationship with the Godhead. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell me what does that look like for each of those four? Like, well, cause yeah. some of that's a little more obscure. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I think people don't realize what all falls into the occult, especially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The occult is really tricky. It's very sub, you know, below the level of um, subversive is the word I was going to use very just sneaky just like the devil <laughs> he's yeah. a little snake right right and so so fear we'll start with you know probably the more recognizable ones fear is dealing with you know things that make us afraid make us feel afraid make us feel sad um maybe make us feel rejected and not worthy and feel like we just don't have a place in you know where do we fit in you know and and partnering with these things and addiction is a lot of time fear. Fear is that hole we try to fill when we go out and we do things that are harmful for ourselves because we're just trying to find that healing place. Right. You know, so, um, so, and there was a lot of fear in my life that I would never ever fit in with anybody, you know? Yeah. So, and then um, hatred or anger is somebody that you feel hatred or anger for, towards. And I had to say, I initially felt huge hatred and anger towards my dad's second wife because yeah. of the way she treated us. Yeah. And, you know, because by that point, when she came on board, I, for the last nine years, had taken care of my dad and my brothers. Mm. And she discounted me immensely and made me feel like I had no value in the home or no voice. Yeah. So, um, and then sexual sin, of course, is <clears throat> sexual sin, you know, whether it's actually sleeping with other people or um, masturbation or even just look, you know, look, porn, porn is a big thing right now and is growing, unfortunately. And, um, you know, anything to do with sexuality that is not in design by God. Yes. God designed sex and he designed it to be um, a wonderful part of a marriage. But that's where it needs to stay. Yes. You know, and unfortunately, in today's world, especially if you've gone through divorce, you think, well, I'm going to go back out and meet the guy of my dreams or the woman of my dreams. And woohoo, things are going to be great. Right. And we're going to sleep together and we're going to be awesome. And then you're not. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, face when you, when 
when you sleep with someone else, it's kind of like cocaine on your brain. It kind of gets all those endorphins and endorphins, yeah, and everything going where it's like, woohoo. And then you don't recognize the red flags in other people. So it masks the reality of, of things. Yes, it does. So, but when we break those, and when we do sleep with someone or we get into an emotional relationship with someone, um, we create what's called a soul tie. Yes. So during that portion, we break soul ties as well. Yeah. So, and that is probably freeing of, of anything behind that door. And then the door of the occult is, you know, tarot cards and mm-hmm. palm readings and um, Ouija boards. How many of us played with Ouija boards when we were in junior high? Right. Yeah, That's exactly the time frame when that came around. That's yeah. right. I yeah. did. And, um, you know, and then we have a lot of today's world. We have a lot of TV shows and movies that are based upon the occult. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever we participate in those, we open the door to um, darkness to come in and, you know, wreak havoc in our lives. Yeah. So I had to break all that stuff off and I had to leave it with Jesus at the foot of his cross. Had to renounce a lot of things, had to forgive myself. Yes. Yeah. I think that's something that's not necessarily talked about enough because like, yes, forgiving others is very important. Oh yeah. Um, very often we we are holding it against ourselves because of either something we did do or even things we didn't do that we feel like we should have done. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah, we would have, could have, should have done. Yes, exactly. Which we can never do. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> yeah, well, forgiveness, when I, when I work with my clients, I talk to them about forgiveness. And forgiveness really and truly is, um, you know, you've got the offenses here in your palm of your hand towards some other people or maybe even against yourself yeah and so you go and you're holding on to them and you know they're probably not even thinking about you anymore you know the, you know they don't recognize that they offended you or they hurt you and probably don't really care right and that's reality so what but we're like well they did this to me and that wasn't right and they did that to me and that wasn't right and you know what it wasn't right it wasn't okay. Father God did not think in one New York second that that was okay treatment for you. However, you're still holding on to it. So those offenses are living in your brain and in your heart, in your mindset, rent-free. That's right. So so we need to let, let them go. And it's like, so then we give them to Father God. Then our palms are open. And we can receive what he has for us. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. And then, you know, in the, then, you know, those things are turned over to him and he can deal with those people or he can bring us peace and start seeing the value we have within ourselves. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing we feel like if we let go, then it's like, it's letting them off the hook. Right. But, but that's so not the case. It's not. And it's not up to us to make them make them pay or anything like that. God is going to be, he's just, and he's going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. Yes. Yeah. We are not the get even police. Not. Yeah. So, 
So then, um, so in that inner healing, I had to let that all go. And there were some generational curses as well um, I needed to cancel. And basically it was about a two hour process per session, but it was so freeing. And from there, things were pulled out by the root and I could start putting in fresh seeds of joy and hope and laughter and all the things that the Lord had for me. Yes. That's beautiful. It's probably one of the most, my most favorite things I get to do in my ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, cause I feel like um, things like that, people don't always know how to go through that process or how, like where to find someone who can help them with breaking the soul ties and, you know, just healing their hearts and stuff. Well, you know what I will do um, for your guests um, is I will send you an, a link that they can go to my calendar and schedule a 30 minute free consultation. And, you know, we'll talk about what it is that they're needing and, you know, how I can help. That would be wonderful. I'll include that in the notes if you send me the link. Yeah, I will. I'll send you the link when we're done here. Yeah. So anyway, from my, so I went from that inner healing um, session to, and I needed a few more because it's never a one and done. The Lord takes you as far as you can see. And then when you can see there, then he'll take you further. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And we're not ready. Like it's, it's, we're not ready to jump from completely broken to healed. It's just not the way it works, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 We don't arrive there just like that quick. No, we don't. But he is so gracious and so good and merciful to walk that path with us. Right. So, so as a result, how I came about my ministry is, um, oh, probably three or four years after my initial healing, uh, or sozo, um, and I had decided I loved that so much and I wanted to help other people. I became part of the team as an intern. But I knew that there was more that the Lord had for me because I'd gone through marriage and divorce actually four times by this point, you know, and that was over a course of three decades. Yeah. And I knew he had healing for that as well and restoration for me. But, um, you know, that and some things career-wise had really gone sideways. So I was crying out to the Lord in January of 2012 after coming out of a depression and thought, Lord, this is, there's gotta be more. This is just can't be it. And, you know, what do I do with this? Jeremiah 29, 11, you work all things for good, you know, and, and you have plans for hope and a future. And what is that future? Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. So in so January uh, 2012, I started crying out every single day, multiple times during the day and at night before I went to sleep. I know you're turning this around for good. I'm just waiting to see, you know, and I threw out a couple of fleeces during that time to, okay, Lord, really, are you going to bring me something or are you just kind of like shining me on, you know, <laughs> and, and not that I thought it was a shine on kind of God, but <laughs> But, you know, sometimes you just go like, I've been crying out for this for months now. And as soon as I would throw out the fleece, he'd 
show me the fleece. And it was, okay, I'll go a little longer. And so in September, of, on September 12th of, of 2012, almost nine months later, and it takes nine months gestation period for us to birth a baby. Yes. So I thought that was a little like, okay. At three o'clock in the morning, and I am a really good sleeper, and I love my sleep, and I don't like to be, you know, woke up in the night. But at three o'clock in the morning, he woke me above a dead sleep, and I knew that it was him. Yeah. And he said, I want you to war against the ravages of divorce. Mm. Okay. First of all, I don't talk that way. <laughs> Second of <laughs> right. all, ravages of divorce. What do you mean? You know, and she said, well, I want you to help people find the healing they need so that the divorce, the ravages of their divorce is healed and they can move forward in right relationship with me. Yes. So, okay, how do you do that? And he said, well, I want you to get a pen and a paper and I want you to write it down. And then I want you to take it into your pastor at church. And at the church I was going to at the time, there were 19 pastors on that staff. It was a pretty big church. And so I took, wrote it down, took it in to the pastor that was over um, marriage and counseling and all of that. And he said, great, I'll take this to the staff on Thursday. This was a Tuesday. Yeah. And Thursday afternoon, he calls me and he says, when do you want to start? Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I go, um, January, we'll start January 1st. So he said, that'd be perfect because I thought I've got to get some stuff together. Right. Yeah. And, um, plus I had a full-time, I had a full-time career also. So, um, so I wrote these things down and started putting things together and started the class the second week of January of 2013. And I've done that class ever since at least twice a year, if not three times a year. Wow. And now I actually have it all in an online course as well. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's a whole nother thing is dealing yeah. with online stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can spell PC. That's about it. So <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to learn a lot, but I have a virtual assistant who is golden. That's, that's so. wonderful. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, and it's enabled me to help hundreds, if not thousands of people now yeah. over the 12 years of time I've been doing this. That's wonderful. I can leave a link for that as well in the description. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So anyway, and so with all of that, I just feel so redeemed and restored. Not to say that I don't have my days. Because I certainly do. We all do. Yeah. But I now have my source. Yeah. And that's the whole foundation of everything. That's right. So as far as how God sees divorce, um, you know, I, I don't know how many people said, well, the only reason you can ever divorce is if they cheated on you or they beat you. Well, in the Bible actually says if they leave the marriage and people leave marriages in a lot of different ways. Yes, they, they, leave. Leave, they leave marriage, obviously, physically by just leaving. They leave marriage by um, 
not being emotionally involved anymore. Maybe not being your husband or your wife in the biblical sense. Um, and not, you know, not being in the relationship, you know, maybe a workaholic, maybe in a, somebody who's addicted to, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever. And the, that's their God. Right. Uh, you know, whatever they have made their God pulls them away from your relationship. It does. Yes. So, yeah. And when you're broken, um, man, you just, you don't know how to deal with that. You have no tools. That's right. Because you have the brokenness within yourself. And that's what I found. I had no tools. So I am grateful now to have healthy relationships. Um, the codependency is a thing of the past. And um, so, yeah, it's yeah. just, I love how God restores. Amen. Amen. So how long did it take you to realize that God didn't see you as um, beyond repair or beyond use? Like you, like you said earlier, you know what I mean? Like you felt like he wasn't going to use you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it actually came to me after my first Sozo that he could use me, that all these broken things were, um, just that they were broken things you know that they no longer were part of my dna i now had kingdom dna yes amen yep so and but then it came to walking it out because what happens is we learn new behaviors we learn new ways of thinking but because of the old ways being so familiar we have to intentionally you know turn away from those and turn back to what father god has for us so that was another step was to turn away from all of those things and to turn into what father god had for me and um and that actually took some coaching mm -hmm. um i actually hired a coach to help me walk that out because i found i couldn't do it on my own um because the enemy you know you see the little thing where you got the enemy and then you've got the Lord on your shoulders. And, yeah. and so I had to reprogram my mental, um, you know, how I talk to myself mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like the story of the wineskins. You can't pour new wine into old wineskins. I had to have a new mindset and to develop a new mindset. I really and truly needed a guide. Yes. And, and that's um, part of the reason I went to become a certified life coach mm -hmm. is because I needed that guide. And I found that a life coach helped me a whole lot more than counseling. Yeah. What so, do you think was the difference for you between the counselor and the life coaching? Because all I've done is counseling. Okay. Um, so I'm curious. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I did a lot of counseling. I spent hundreds of probably thousands of dollars on counseling over four or five or six year period of time. And what I found with counseling is that they, they you know, you talk it out, you talk it out, but you never get to the root yeah. of it. And so if you've got somebody who's in the inner healing, you know, Sozo ministry, and they're also 
and the person that I hired to be my coach had had the experience of being an inner healer uh, with Sozo as well. And so that was hands and shoulders above anything that a counselor could have done. So how I describe counseling now is they, you know, here you have a tree and you've got a branch growing out here and a branch going over here, one kind of falling down over here to the ground, you know, and uh, so they go in to clean up the branches and the, the outside, but they don't go clear into the deep roots yeah. and pull out all the things that are causing that tree not to grow up straight and tall and beautiful. Yeah. So, so it's kind of almost like where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then having a guide was so instrumental and, you know, I tried to, tried to do it without for probably a year or so. And when I did hire a coach and go into working that way, it was just a matter of a couple, three months yeah. that, you know, that guideline. And then I had the tools to be able to work on other things as they came up because things will always come up. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, as long as we're on this side of heaven, yes. things are going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that, that actually brings me back to the idea of forgiveness because sometimes we have to forgive and forgive again. Right. And yeah. Continue to come up or as thing, old things are brought back up because we're imperfect humans. Our forgiveness isn't perfect without God. Right. And in yeah. him, all things are made perfect. Yes. Yeah. So that is, so you know, so I have been, I've had this ministry now for actually 10 years. Wonderful. And, um, but I started in the inner healing 12 years ago. Yeah. So um, as an intern. So yeah, it's been amazing how the Lord is restoring and has restored. And um, I am so not the same person I was. In fact, ironically, I ran into because I grew up here. So I ran into an old friend um, from high school. Oh, three or four months ago now. And she recognized me, you know, face wise, but you know, the hair is, it's got, some, it's got some Lady Clara stuff going on with it. And yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but, you know, she goes, wow, she goes, you look like you're so happy. And she had seen me once I, oh, probably 15 years ago or so. I wasn't looking, or maybe 18 years ago, I wasn't looking so happy. And um, so she goes, what's changed? And so I said, well, let's go have coffee and I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, and then, oh, I want to do that inner healing thing. And so we did. And, but, you know, the thing is that what is going on in here shows out here. Yes, it does. And, um, and it shows through our words. And you're right. Whenever, you know, we don't know how to exactly sometimes work through things all the time. And, and the Lord brings things around in a different way as well. Because maybe we healed this way with that particular issue. But now we need to heal this way. Yes. With that issue. Or this way. You know, whatever. So, but he always knows where and when and exactly how to make it happen. 
Amen. And in his time, in his too. Time. Yeah. That's a hard part is because he knows when we're ready for things. Yeah. And like after your first relationship, it wasn't time yet. No. And no, it yeah. wasn't. And, um, but now it is. And like I said, I'm so grateful for healthy relationships. Yes. I have to say that um, I probably don't have a lot of the same relationships I used to have, but the ones I have are so much better quality. Yes. Yes. Quality over quantity. That's definitely something I'm learning the older I get. Yeah. Because there's only so much time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He always, and you know what? He's always preparing us for what he's ready to do next. We just yeah. sometimes don't want to pay attention to that because we don't want change in our life. We don't like change. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but then once we get through it, we go like, oh, thank you, Lord, for being so gracious to, you know, prepare me for that and then get me through it. And now that I look back at it, I go like, Thank you. I did not want that in my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit about what I do and why I do it. It's wonderful. So, you know, but to your listeners out there, you just need to know that God loves you. Yes. And he is not holding any grudges against you for anything. That's right. And all you need to do is come to him and say, here. I don't want to hold on to these offenses or these grudges or these bad feelings about anybody or about myself. And he is gracious to take them and Amen. make things new. Amen. That, you know, he may not restore that relationship because maybe that relationship wasn't right for you. That's right. Um, but he's good at removing people at the right time. Yes. And he's good at restoring you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also good at bringing the right people in at the right time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel very honored and blessed that I get to do this. And yeah. You know, I, do, I would not wish things that happened in my life onto anyone else, but I'm grateful that today I can use them in other things. Yes. I so think that. It's a wonderful perspective to have because when we go through things and the Bible even says this, God comforts us so that we can comfort others and show them the comfort we receive from God. And Amen. yes, because we get to, we are allowed that opportunity to comfort mm-hmm. people. And we are. Yeah. And you know what? It's a blessing to be able to do that. It is. It is. And again, I, wish anything anyone to go through what I did um yeah but and unfortunately life on this side of heaven people do yeah yeah and here's the thing I was able to do which I feel really grateful for even more so than anything was um I was able to find that healing and pass that on to my girls and my grandkids and now you know my great-grandkids Yes, that is something that I find so important because yeah. that, and you mentioned earlier, the um, generational sin, that yeah. line can stop with us. It can. Yes. So, and, you know, we said no more. This is not going to happen in my family anymore. I am not allowing it. Right. And I know the Lord has better. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of kids these days um, 
they, they really and truly do understand what that's really all about. Yeah. And they uh, have more of a compassion for people who have wounds. I agree. I think that each generation kind of has its own pluses and minuses and that I agree. I really think that the younger generation just has such a heart for the hurting now that, that some other generations have not. And so, yeah, finally we're able to talk about these things. Finally, yeah, we're able to share about our pain and realize we're not alone in it. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing for this time where we live and when we live and when God has asked us to do what we're doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He just, um, he is an amazing God and you have to really know that he is God because there isn't anybody else who would have ever put this together. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But he sees the whole picture. Yeah, he does. He knows the beginning from the end. Yes, he does. For the end from the beginning. <laughs> Both. That goes. He knows yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And isn't it interesting when you look back and you see how it all threaded together yes. to make this interesting, beautiful tapestry? Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? Right. I've never known at the age I'm at now and looking back at things, and I'm just grateful that he took the time. The God of the universe wants to take the time with you. And, you know, that's what I tell people. Yes. Let him him do it. That's right. And trust him because he really knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, probably trust is one of the biggest issues after you've gone through divorce because the person that was supposed to be there, you were supposed to be able to depend on and trust all the rest of your life turned out not to be that person. Right. And then you don't trust yourself because you've made these mistakes. Yeah. But he restores that trust. And that's with him is where the trust needs to start. At least it started that way for me. Then I was able to trust myself because I saw myself as a daughter of the most high God. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. And when I kind of lose that a little bit, and I do, we all do. We all do. I, I ask the Lord, Show me how you see me. Yes. Oh, I like that. And show me how to feel about myself as you feel about me. I guarantee you he's going to feel a whole lot more. He's going to feel better about you than you're ever going to probably feel about yourself. Because Probably. Yeah. (laughs) For most of us, at least. (laughs) Because we know what's in here, but he also knows what's in here. Yes. And he loves us anyway. Yes. Every bit of it. He knows, yep. he knows our thoughts before we think them. Yep. Yes, he does. He does. So I'm always grateful for his redemption, his restoration and his um, saving and merciful grace. Yeah. Um, where can my audience find you? Oh, that's important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll include it below anyways. But so. Yeah, I do have a website. It's www. Corey, C-O-R-E-E, Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And you can find me there. And I will also give you a link to my calendar. People want to talk and I'll give them a a free 30-minute consultation. And I'll send you the link to the healing program um, after divorce, Destiny After Divorce Healing Program. Wonderful. 
And um, pretty soon I should, I'm in the process of also wrapping up putting together a co-parenting program. Yes, that's wonderful. So it's actually something I want to talk about in the future. So I may have you back later for that. (laughs) Okay, that's totally fine. It should be ready here in another couple of weeks, but it's not quite ready yet. Wonderful. Yeah, I think my next season is going to be uh, about parenting after divorce with broken families and everything. Yeah, because there's a lot of broken families out there coming together. Yes. So they'll be in that book, they'll be, or in that program, they'll be co-parenting between yourself and a narcissist spouse. Good. Oh, good. Yeah, because that... Right now, I just seem to be running into so many more people who've come out of narcissistic marriages, whether their husband or their wife was a nurse. And I work with men almost as much as I work with women. That's wonderful. Yeah. 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 I feel like there's a false stigma there that guys aren't willing to get counseling. And I think that it's specific people who are and are not willing. (laughs) Usually they're the narcissist. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So not to label anybody, but, (laughs) but there are just as many women who are narcissists as there are men. Yes. Unfortunately, it's the, it's a, it's a disorder and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all men and you know, because it is a lot of women. I've, I've counseled and um, coached a lot of men get back into having healthy relationships and not, because here's the thing, if you don't heal from something, you are going to repeat it again. And the Lord's going to allow you to repeat it until you learn it. Right. Because it's doesn't serve you well. And he wants you as whole as possible, the sight of heaven. That's right. To do his purpose. Right. Yeah. So it's just awesome that I get to do this. I feel so very honored and humbled. And, you know, people say, well, I, you know, who, you know, you've, you've been through these things and these types of abuses and things. I feel, yeah, but I would not wish them on anybody else. And now I can use them to help others because I've been there. That's right. So, All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience today? Um, you know, just reach out on the calendar and let's talk. You know, I'm pretty open and, you know, and I like to usually in a 30 minute session of talking, we can usually come up with a clarity strategy for you. And um, sometimes it's coaching. Sometimes it's just in one of the programs, Um, you know, and it's, I don't ever want anybody to worry about the money. I have financing programs if they need them, but most of my products are very, I want to help as many people as possible. Yes. Money is not the is not the most important thing about helping people. It should never ever be the helping or the- yeah. The core driver, yeah. <laughs> standard of, well, I can't help you if you don't, you know. So I don't do that. Yeah. So- it's all about freedom. It's all about redemption. It's all about living your best life that you that's can possibly live. That's right. Yeah. So forgive. I really appreciate you and what you do. Thank you. With your program. Yeah. Because you. you know what, Lori, it's 
it's people like you that speak into these other people. That's my heart. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Because there's so and many people shows. living in pain, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the enemy, as long as we're in pain, the enemy has full access with us. Yes. Especially when we keep it all to ourselves and we don't express it and talk about it and realize that, you know, we're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. And there is something. And isn't that the enemy's biggest tool is to, oh, well, you're alone. Nobody will ever understand. Exactly. Wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah. You might be the only person in that particular situation right at this point, but there's always somebody out there that wants to help. You just need to reach out. That's right. And even if all of us have different stories within that, like there are people who understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why the Lord, there were so many things that I did end up going through just so that I could be more compassionate with a wider audience of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, I don't really have a whole lot more other than I just encourage people to seek the freedom that Father God has for them in their lives. That's right. Amen. Trust him that he's got this already worked out and he will do exceedingly and abundantly above anything you could ever imagine. Amen. He's done it for me. He's done it for you. And I know he's done it for millions of other people. That's right. And you are never, ever not within Lord, help me. Sometimes that's all you need is Lord, help me. Or Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes. There's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. I really believe that. There really and truly is. The most powerful name you can ever, ever use. So, yeah. Well, thank you so very much for coming on and talking with me today. Yes. It's my honor. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just want to speak over your audience that uh, God does love you. He does have a purpose for your life and he has a plan for your future to be bright and bold as much as you want to be. So just reach out to him. That's right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You have a blessed day. You have a wonderful day too. Thank you for listening to this episode of a voice for the hurting. You can follow me on Instagram for more inspiring content at voice for the hurting podcast, or check out the website at a voice for the hurting.com. If you or someone you know is experiencing a divorce, or has gone through one and knows that they need to heal, please check out my book on Amazon called surviving the shattered heart, the Christian's companion for healing after divorce. It is available February 28th of 2023.